everyone. Welcome to something you haven't heard in a little while, although hopefully not as long as both Olivia and I think. It is After Dark. I'm here with everyone's favorite, Olivia Broussard. Hello, Liv. Hello, Trevor. It, uh, it may have been it's as, long, <laughs> as long as we think it's been. Boy, um, I hope but not, that's but unfortunate. it's okay if that's true. Yeah, time's not real. It's fine. That's right. That's exactly right. I... I always forget about that, and then, like, I, I have to call you, and you remind me the time's not real, and I calm down. Yeah, <laughs> you get very disturbed when I get really upset. The People don't that know. Real. Yeah, we don't we don't really talk about this on the podcast usually, but like when I have to call Liv because I just learned that time is, uh, I think time is real. Um, you know, I can get really, really upset. Um, but Liv, hi, hello, welcome back. You're, I mean, it feels to me like you're always here, but uh, to the listeners, perhaps, welcome back uh, to you as a, as a person they hear in their speakers. Um, how are you? How how are things? Oh, as good as they can be. Wonderful, Let's just, wonderful. We can just leave it at that. Well, no, that's all we need. I found, <laughs> I found that uh, during COVID, uh, I had to stop asking people how things are in a serious way because everyone just said like, I'm depressed. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I learned to, to, to keep it very, uh, very tight on the, like, how are you doing? I'm fine. Great. Uh, kind of things. Uh, yeah. You so, just become Midwestern during, uh, yeah. during COVID. I gotta say, even when I was Midwestern, didn't really like being Midwestern. Um, they don't seem happy. That is what I think. And people always say they're so nice, but to me, they're, kind of like a little miserable like it's 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 i don't know it feels like everyone's kind of just not saying what they what they feel what they think right they're kind of like the they live version of southerners that that (laughs) i was gonna (laughs) i was gonna try to thread that needle and like come up with a way to say this but like no that's exactly right like they, they really are like it's southerners actually are that nice but we'll also be honest with you midwesterners just they're hiding something under the veneer of niceness. Um, on the East Coast, we're just cruel. Uh, but I find the people in the South are actually genuinely very sweet. Liv, we are here to talk about something from the global South. Uh, <laughs> kind of. Does, does Australia count? <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a geographical sense, it does, right? Um, it's in the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> don't think that's how the term global south is used you you're well i i don't know i feel like it it kind of is but maybe not um i mean i guess not typically in an academic context or like a a signifying context no uh i will say uh as our resident expert on uh the australian uh um, continent slash island um i will i will cede that to you uh but we're here to talk about horror movie from well Horror is a little – I don't know if that's the right de- uh, genre definition, but a horror suspense movie from Australia. Um, and then also just kind of like I, – I figure I wanted to I wanted to get your thoughts on how Halloween's going. I mean you you are such a, a horror maven. Um, it's like a, an aficionado of the genre. It's like it is – it's a pleasure to get to talk to you in the spooky season. Yeah. it's um, It's been – too long since spooky season we've had to wait a whole year and now it's finally uh my time to to shine as it were that's correct um no one can take it from you it's your time yeah so the (laughs) the movie that we're talking about why you're saying it's not really a horror um 
the movie is End Play from mm, 1976. That sounds correct. Yes, 1976. It's what it says on the YouTube. It's it, I should say it's free <laughs> on YouTube. Go watch it on YouTube. It's 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 like it is worth your time. Even if even if you're like watching it, I I I have this thing where I end up having to focus on things like like film, even when like I intellectually know like okay, this is a film like not every shot is going to be like crucial. It's like, it's sort of, it, I can enjoy it from like a, a more sort of chill perspective. Like I, I just like, I focused on this film a lot and I love, I really enjoyed it in a lot of ways, but like, it's also totally a film you can like, you can put on in the background you can enjoy and it, it can be chill. Um, just Google end play. I mean, maybe you don't agree with you, love that. That would be interesting, mm. but like, uh, um, just Google end play 1976 and you'll find it on, on, um, on YouTube. Uh, I would say it's, it's at least worth your time to have fun with. Um, yes, but- I, I, I agree. And especially because like, come on, it's free. Um, yeah, exactly, it's really exactly. interesting to me because, um, it's also an hour 40 runtime for the people like me who plan their movie watching <laughs> around runtimes. But I, uh, I get what you're uh, saying. The, the, the good people of the world, the people who actually get it like that. <laughs> look, runtime. I I'm, I'm not even like, I'm not even mostly joking. Like I feel like runtime is so huge. Like when we were talking about planning this show and you were like, well, they're the universal monster movies and they're like each about an hour. And Oh, there's, there's, there's this one, which is like, uh, and plays like an hour and 40. And I was like, this is so good. Like Liv is talking my language. I want <laughs> movies that are around one hour and 40 minutes. Those are always my favorites. Um, you know, every so often I'll watch a longer one as a departure. But boy, I love I love a condensed film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really fucked up whenever we uh, stopped letting movies be like 62 minutes long. We really 62 did. minutes is a great time for a movie, honestly. I feel like the main way we fucked up was we um, we advanced uh, film technology so that uh, you could have more film uh, available, mm, mm-hmm. and and that was just not <laughs> smart. Like w- what we should have done was uh, kept it in like you know one handers or whatever. Like you know just like make it so that you can only have twenty five minutes, and then if you're really really like feeling ambitious, sixty five. Yeah, um, but then you have to like start cutting off your fingers at the knuckle, and you know, just like you have to give up something if you want to start taking my time. It's like magic, like <laughs> just like magic requires a a a, a response and a, a trade off. So does filmmaking. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, uh, I I loved I loved that this was short. It like I could see this being a long movie from like you know a drama or whatever from. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna spitball and say like 2004, and it, like I could see an American version that was just way too long and frustrating and not as interesting as this one that's much shorter and like to the point and maybe a little more like evasive and strange. I could also see um, this movie being a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. No, same. <laughs> I think. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I feel like an hour 40 is the Australian runtime. And if this was made by like an Italian or American filmmaker, that it could have been a flashier, uh, you know, 120, 130 kind of runtime. This is a movie that really could have uh, benefited from being directed by like, uh, a, a, like an Argento head or like even, I mean, even something like I, I, thinking of like Bergman's persona, like the the kind of Mm -hmm. like strangeness of that film, because it doesn't really give you closure. 
Like, I think this film could have benefited from that for sure. I'm going to disagree there. Oh, um, go ahead. I think that we should probably kind of introduce this okay, film yeah, now that we're right. saying I... who would be better directed by. <laughs> um, so it is. <laughs> I don't want to say it. the director who did this is actually I really enjoyed their direction. I don't want I don't want to take it away from them. But um, uh, yeah. So you, why don't you why don't you uh, introduce us to the film? Yeah, so In Play 1976, directed by Tim Burstall, who I have not um, seen any of his other films. I'm going to venture that you have not either. Uh, no, no, I have not. This is my first Burstall. Um, but this is coming from like kind of like a kind of a golden age of Australian filmmaking, kind of like post Picnic at Hanging Rock, uh, mm-hmm. where Australian film was getting more uh, international release. And this I've, is kind I've of heard it described as Ozploitation. Yes, an Ozploitation. Um, but this is also described as like an Australian Jalo, which is where mm. you're coming in with like this like Argento kind of reference, and it 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 plays more towards the kind of Jalo origins rather than kind of like maybe what you would think of as. Um, like that, that high Jalo Argento uh, opera. Um, As just, you know, I was thinking of opera. Uh, um, probably more like deep red, was. like yeah. a, a deep red kind of atmosphere where you do have the the black gloved killer still, but there's these like very theatrical set pieces, um, kind of like this horror geometry to to the whole film. Uh, whereas like Deep Red also has like other creepy elements just beside there being uh, like a masked killer and very high color, high contrast filmmaking, very flashy. Um, whereas this feels very Australian, um, that it opens, Mm. uh, with a, a murder scene. Um, but instead of the killer being black gloved, he is brown gloved because he is Australian. (laughs) Um, he's wearing driving gloves and they look like pretty nice ones. And also people, the person gets in on the, the wrong side of the car. And that's also how shocked. you know the, <laughs> that it's Australian. <laughs> Excuse uh, me, what is this? <laughs> but it opens with, um, you know, an unseen driver picking up a hitchhiker and a, a very beautiful blonde hitchhiker. And um, they immediately get handsy in the car. And she says something like, well, you don't take, uh, what does she say? I even wrote it down. Don't waste oh, much. You, don't waste much time, do you? And then right, he you immediately... don't waste much time, do you? Yeah, because like it's a, it's funny because like it is this it is this sort of like transactional kind of thing. But like I feel like in an American movie they would play around that or whatever. And in this, it's just like we both understand the transaction that's going on here. And she's just like, okay, let's get down to it. <laughs> um, but then um, she immediately gets gets stabbed a, a, mm-hmm. a one-shot kill and um and then the the opening credits roll from there and we're introduced to this story of two brothers one uh evidently <laughs> being a murderer of of these hitchhiking women who have um been getting picked up and and murdered and dumped outside the police station and um 
that the investigation kind of begins from there, that there that this kill is a little bit different. Um, and this is, I think, where it does have more traditional Jalo elements, that there is mm. like this like kind of over-the-top, um, not an over-the-top kill scene, but this like kind of zany uh iconic movie theater i think this like kind of adds um to the um iconic movie theater scenes of horror oh, yeah 100 I, I think zany is the right the right description for it where like i think you know like there there is one of the reasons i was thinking of opera when i was when i was watching this is like it does have that that sort of like um theatrical element uh mm-hmm. that like it, like in the sets themselves right like and not all of them right like there is like i i would say the house um and the movie theater are the two that really really come alive um but like the movie theater scene is amazing because of that like they even they're watching a clockwork orange and they have scenes from a clockwork orange on the screen it's great like it's fantastic yeah like uh, and i just i love movie theater I, I love movies and so like getting to and i think this movie loves movies and like that's yeah. that's one reason why you're being put inside this movie theater um but Absolutely. um the brother has borrowed his brother's wheelchair to um kind of <laughs> weaken at bernie's this <laughs> <laughs> hitchhiked girl it is like (laughs) i feel like it the weird thing about this scene right where like where we were watching as you say like ed Ed correctly like weekend at birdie is a dead girl (laughs) through the scene is like i feel like an american horror or like the american horror i've seen recently there's this and and not just american horror actually i guess like you can think about it in like french brutalism or like uh even like some of the stuff i've been interested recently like shot on video or whatever like it there's this way that suffering is um like kind of basked in um, the idea of like a, a slow death or like something that horrifies you and like the, 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 the fixation on like the terror of that. And this is just, she's dead fast. And then she's just like, okay, how do I, how do I use this lady as a prop? And it's just like, it's great. Like it, it is very, it's, it's totally different than, than like what I'm used to and put me in, like, I mean, at ease in a certain way, but like also totally off my guard. Right, because like from here, he's like left this woman in the movie theater, and because this kill was so different, and because like he wears a disguise, he wears a hippie disguise to to leave her at this movie theater. Um, but because it's different, that they're then like having like this new investigation, and like kind of from then on, we don't really get introduced to any new characters. It's just like the detective, like two detectives and the two brothers and um, they're like not blood related cousins, question mark. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they make that, that, that seems like a line they added in post where like the, the, the one, like to see the cousin has a romantic interest in both with both of them at one point or another. And like, she says like, he is my cousin, of course, not blood related. <laughs> like it's like, Okay. Well, that makes – so the brothers are also not blood-related. Correct. Um, oh, yeah, no, good point. So one of the brothers was – and this is just going to be full spoilers. Go go watch the movie. Yeah, on. go take, – take an hour and 40 minutes, watch it. Put on put it on while you're, you know – I don't know. Put it on. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like, I, I broke this up between two nights, and I don't think um, the movie suffered for, for being watched in two parts. I also did, and two parts. not at all. Yeah, totally fine. Um, but the brothers aren't blood related 
because one of the brothers was removed from a abusive household and then like put with the other brother. But the cousin has um, a romantic interest in both of the brothers. And I would think one of the brothers is in a wheelchair and the other brother looks like Noel Fielding. Um, Absolutely. Exactly like Noel Fielding. It is. It's uncanny. It's it's hard to watch without thinking, and I, I said this many I, – I texted Liv this, like, it's hard to watch without thinking, like, wow, they're really going for it in these uh, in these Great British Bake Off, like, uh, setting up, you know, how they, like, do those skits. This is this is wild. Like, I guess Noel is, like, hanging out with a killer now. <laughs> it's, it's I, fascinating. It, ha- it has kind of the same tone as, like, a Noel skit. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's um, not too far off the mark, but I don't understand exactly the the relationship between Noel. Um, it's Mark and Robbie. Mark is the Noel Fielding character, and right. uh, Robbie is the one who is in the wheelchair. Um, and uh, Mag, Maggie, Margaret, Margaret. Yes. Um, yeah, because they they call her. Uh, mag a lot which is which sounds like mark in the australian accent which confused me a little Mm. Um, but i don't really understand their romantic relationship because i would assume that they were blood related too i don't think they told us anything (laughs) different yeah they they left that pretty pretty ambiguous i mean it seems like it is just like a the 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 relationship so like one of the one of the through lines in the movie is that um robbie is a paraplegic and um he has not always been a paraplegic, uh, but he he uh, had a had an accident while playing squash and became a paraplegic, and clearly um, is is unhappy. Like very kind of like the first the first time you see him is uh, Mark gets there early, presumably after killing the girl, and um, you know he says like ah you caught me using the you caught me using the the head like he you know he calls it the dike um, instead of the head, which is what Mark calls it, and he calls him a like a pretentious guy for saying that. But, um, and we all know people like that who, who have to call the dyke, the head. It's kind of messed up, but we tolerate them. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the, uh, yeah, he says like, I, I can, I could stand you knowing that I'm in this chair, but not when like you have to figure out how I use the bathroom. Right. And so like, he says basically like, you know, I, I just can't handle the idea of anyone, and he says this to the police later, like, I don't want people looking down at me or looking at me like I'm a curiosity. Not like not an unfair or an uncommon sort of approach to um, how people, you know, feel about, uh, you know, disabilities, particularly in a uh, kind of a spectacular genre like film. Um, but like Mark or I'm sorry, Robbie has always been close to the cousin uh, Mag and also clearly loves her. Um, and they had a physical relationship, um, but she says, you know, it's, it, like it was never going anywhere. Um, but Robbie doesn't feel the same, and Mark kind of intuits that, and he's like, we can never tell him that we're doing this. Hmm. I'm interested in how you believe that uh, he became paraplegic. Well, so my understanding is that it was the neck injury, which was when – so we get a flashback at the end of the movie – when the movie is giving us a lot of sort of like the hidden elements of the film, um, or I guess the stuff going, not hidden elements of the film, but the stuff going on behind the scenes in the film. Um, and one of the things that we don't know while we're watching is that uh, Robbie, when he was a kid, wakes up and his mother is uh, is having sex with this man who, uh, you know, Robbie thinks like she's being hurt or something like that. 
And so he he tries, he says, like, hey, get off her, get off her, like, you know, leave her alone. Um, the guy uh, who's having sex with his mother is, like, not pleased about this and says, like, get out of here, kid. And, like, picks him up and bodily throws him on the floor. Right. Um, and he falls and, and like, kind of kind of bangs his head. Um, but it's clear that, like, banging his head is not, like, the least of what has happened. Like, he really did hurt his neck somehow. Mm-hmm. Um and so at that point, uh, you know, like he's fine, but it's also when he gets taken away, essentially. Like it's mm-hmm. when he, you know, the he gets adopted by the other home. Uh, and the police say like, oh, we don't care. Like, you know, we got better things to do than deal with the stupid kid. Um, but he gets adopted. He gets out of the house. Um, the interesting thing is that like after that, he's very athletic and has a lot of fun and stuff. And he aggravates the injury. In mm-hmm. his neck. His mm-hmm. neck is always this ticking time bomb, both pre and post injury. And so, like, um, that's how I understood it. Did you understand okay. it a different way? No, I I was just uh, that it was not um, just like a, a squash incident. That no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. They 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 say it's like a squash incident, and the when they're when they're like. So the police become the police become interested in the brothers. This this is not as like ridiculous or funny after you see like <laughs> like the the sort of twist in the film. But before the twist in the film is made obvious, um uh and again, like I don't I'm not a person who thinks twists in films necessarily have to be like oh I, I didn't see that coming at all, um, to be good. Like I I'll admit, like I did not think everything was like it wasn't like, oh, Mark's definitely the killer. Um but at the same point, like, it didn't really matter. Like, it didn't affect my enjoyment right. to be like, I think I might see where this is going. Like, watching where it went and how was, like, super interesting and fun. Um, but, like, again, if you're worried about that, just quick go watch it. But the, um, like, when they're kind of, before they get to the twist, uh, the the <laughs> Robbie uh, says to Mark, like, hey, let's go see a movie. Um and Mark's like, oh, like I don't. There's no movie that I want to see, like, because he's been to the theater already to, you know, drop off the girl. We've seen this. We know that's that's Mark doing that. Um, but Robbie's like, no, no, let's go. And he's like, fine, I guess. And so they get there, and cops are like, oh, geez, this place is closed. There's been a murder here. <laughs> um, and Robbie just like completely antagonizes the cops in like the most over the top possible way. So the cops instantly become interested in Robbie and Mark as potential suspects. Um, and, you know, the 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 interesting thing about, like, having to understand Robbie's backstory is not just about the neck injury, but also about, like, that he hates cops uh, because they won't help him. And then also the fact that, like, the cop gets a lot of information that we don't have, which is, like, he's talking to Robbie's doctor about him being a paraplegic, um, seemingly because the movie wants to give us details about, like, the difference between a paraplegic and a quadriplegic, um, but also because we have to learn that, uh, you know, he he like uh, Robbie's injury was like kind of a freak injury. Like the doctor's like, I've never seen anything really like it. It's it's pretty wild. Um, but you know he had this he had this neck injury before, and the neck injury is not elaborated upon. Um, it's just like yeah, it's like I wouldn't you know it just happened when he was like with his old family. Um, you don't find out what it was until the end of the movie. Hmm. Yeah. I I think like what you're saying with like they're not being like this massive twist is you know from the get-go like it's 
you only see these two brothers. Like there's not like going to be a random like third party <laughs> right, act yeah. three killer that you didn't see coming. You know that it's one of the brothers and like their conversations are both so weird that like Mark is always just like so nervous and Robbie's always like so weirdly antagonistic to everyone. Um, you yeah. know that one of the brothers killed them, killed these girls, but you – don't know which one's covering for which one yeah and, and how much and stuff yeah exactly yeah you don't know how much anyone knows and like why they would be doing this and so like that's kind of the reveals at the end of the film is like why any of this stuff would be happening that's a really good way of putting it like i was i was thinking the whole time like it the movie reminded me of uh in some ways like a sam shepherd play like i don't know how familiar you are with the with the the, the theater of sam shepherd uh but um my favorite Sam Shepard plays True West, which has a lovely um, – I don't know favorite, but probably. It has a, a lovely adaptation with um, John Malkovich in it um, that I don't know where you could watch it, but I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Um, but it's fantastic. And, like, one of the reasons it's so fantastic is that um, it is a play just about these two brothers. And, like, it's a it's a psychodrama just with them, right? Um, and Shepard does this a lot where it's like, you know, okay, we have, we have like two characters, uh, just like acting together. And like, these are going to be the main people that we're going to see. Like you don't get a huge cast, you get like a couple people, um, but they're all very interesting. And this movie does that too. Um, even to the point where like, if you wanted to be like, well, maybe there's another suspect when like the, the male cousin shows up, he's like, well, I was out of town, so it couldn't have been me. <laughs> like, okay. All right, fine. I get it. It's not him. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave that go. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. Like it, I think you're right that like the, the psychodrama between the two of them and like, just trying to work out like, why is this happening? Like, I loved watching Robbie talk. Because he 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 talked in this like stentorian sort of like almost Shakespearean um, diction the whole time. Like he would he would roll his R's a lot. And, like, <laughs> every everything he said was very very to the tongue, and it was like it was it was wonderful. Like I I loved watching that actor, but like it was like Robbie. It wasn't just the actor's choice. Like that was just who Robbie was, and it was like wow, this is. Uh, this is intense. I'm not exactly sure why it's happening. Um, let's find out. And and yeah, I mean, they, they reveal it by like, honestly, I would say they reveal it really just at the end. Like they build the tension the whole rest of the movie. Mm hmm. The the language is so fascinating. And like you're trying to figure out this what's going on actually the whole time and you can tell that there's like so many layers to what everyone's saying and like you can't really tell exactly what the reference is to what they're what they're talking about or who right. who is putting on like an extra layer and who, it's like i don't know that i've really seen anything like it uh yeah, I mean, it, it, it feels like one of those quintessentially 1970s movies where, like, it is it, – it's willing to leave the audience in the dark for almost the whole movie. But, like, it leaves the audience in, a dark, in, in the dark in, like, a totally unique way wherein, like, you're not – it's not like um, – I'm trying to think, like – it's not Thief, but um, – oh, I'm, I'm not going to remember it. But, like, there's a different sort of, like, a, a murder mystery movie – that's very famously like Michael Caine and one other actor. And like they're most, that's mostly like it and the tables keep turning, but like that really is a, Oh, who done it? 
This is much more like you're you're right. Like there's a great scene where Mark and Robbie are talking and um they're they're talking about the murder. Um and Mark reveals like he or I'm sorry, Robbie reveals that he knows that whoever dumped the body, who we know to be uh, Mark, we we saw him do that. But he's like, ah, oh, it's really smart of him. Like the the police don't know that. Like I mean, they might not know. They might know some point, but they don't know yet. And I won't tell them that. Like this, the 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 way that the lady, uh, the the woman leaving wasn't actually the woman leaving. It was the man. Um, and you know that's like a pretty tricky thing. And and this this guy's pretty smart. Like and and, and seems to be quite brave. Um, and, and Mark's response was like, oh, you think so? And, and, (laughs) and and Robbie's just like, yep. And he'll never get caught. Mark's just like, really? Uh, do you not want him to get caught? And he goes, do you? And it's like, who's worried? (laughs) It's yeah, it's so good. But I think that, um, kind of one of the big themes of this uh, speaks to kind of like a quintessential like Australian mateship, like uh, Mm. the relationship between men in Australia, um, which I don't fully understand, of course, but it almost seems like this kind of like, I mean, here it's almost like a suicide pact, like who, like they're both willing to put all of themselves on the line um but like it's absolutely yeah it's i mean even like even the sort of like ending where they're trying to well mark isn't trying to kill robbie but robbie's absolutely trying to kill mark like it's it it is in line with that right like it is in line with this this as you say like this mateship where it's like um it's like yeah like i love you so much i'd kill you <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. that that's like that's sort of how intense it is and it's yeah no you're totally right like it is it, that that goes throughout the entire film and i i guess like showing too like i mean uh, this movie does immediately start with a murder and then we it's not one it's not flashy (laughs) and it's it's just the one it's like truly just like one stab and it's over there's no like looking at the body there's no real stylization to it uh you're right there's no spectatorship of the body like it, it it is very much like a the body is is a. I mean, if there's a spectatorship of the body, it's as a body. It's not like a spectatorship of the wound. Like even like even when when Mark gets the body out of a car, uh, it turns out to be his car, but like we're we're not even sure about that much. We just see him bring the body into the house. Um, he brings the body into the house and then like immediately sort of like tries to figure out a way for her not to be not to look dead and not to look like murdered. Right. <laughs> like he even he even like he even like unties her shirt and puts it over the wound. Like <laughs> like he's like almost almost like embarrassed or or like that that puts him off which i mean i guess it does um but it's like it is like almost instantly when you get her when you see her it's like um yeah this is like this this woman is uh she's she's like a um you know we're not gonna we're not gonna look at her wound we're going to it's gonna be her body that we're sort of like interested in um which i thought was really interesting Mm mm-hmm and like we have these just like mention of previous kills that y- you just don't see on screen at all um and it doesn't mm. seem interested really in that um but just like the relationship between these two brothers and like how toxic it is um i mean yeah obviously it's toxic to these women who got murdered um 
But it, it also doesn't really service them either to have this relationship where it's like, but you're not going to say anything, right? Like, um, you know, like I, I would hate for the police to, you know, like find out something and, and just like this very layered, like not ever talking to the point, but just like, yeah, uh, it's, it's bizarre. It, yeah. It's, and it is like, it is a relationship that is very much like it, it undercuts whatever you kind of expect of the relationship, right? Like, you know, there, there's a way of understanding this as like, okay, like these guys are sort of like, we're, we're kind of like watching um, two people who hate each other, but are sort of putting up a, a, a front. And it's like, no, we're watching two brothers who like love each other and would, would like sacrifice for each other. And it's like, no, we're not really watching either, but we're kind of watching. <laughs> it's like, it keeps, it keeps up. Like, it's like, okay, these brothers love each other and don't want to hurt each other. And then uh, Robbie will say, like, watch out, Mark. Like, I can't control my aim anymore and almost shoots him with an arrow. <laughs> and it's like, oh, maybe we're not seeing that. Maybe that's not what's going on here. Um, and then it's like, OK, so they hate each other. And then it's like, I'll do it. I would never turn you in, Mark. Absolutely. That That is like 100 percent what I would not do. And it's like, I think he's being serious. <laughs> yeah. So it's. It is like it, it, you, you, you're constantly sort of, um, <laughs> but then he immediately goes to like, kind of turn him in and Mark's <laughs> like, are you for fucking serious? Like you just said that she wouldn't do this. Like, <laughs> and he's like, Mark, you've probably been out. Uh, didn't you pick up a hitchhiker? He's like, no, I have your diary right here. You were on your way home right then. You would have, you would have seen them. <laughs> just, like, I guess I did it. Like, <laughs> It, yeah, it's very funny. And like I think I think the 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 one example of this, like the every red herring in this film is like a red herring about maybe Mark is the killer, which I, I so to to give away the game a little bit, uh Robbie ends up being the the killer. I think that's we should probably just say that now. Um Which I think you kinda guess because like they're so mm -hmm. the whole time they're like, well, you know, Mark's the killer and Robbie's being extremely weird and you're like you know, Robbie is so extremely weird that I don't I don't think I'm buying that Mark's the killer. He looks yeah. scared shitless. <laughs> Robbie is not being weird in the way that he's like, aha, I shall detect my brother being a killer and, and like come to the <laughs> come to the rescue of these women. It's like it's much more like, uh, I don't think he's worried about like detecting or like figuring out who did these crimes. This is like that's some weird like psycho <laughs> psychodrama yeah, going it's just on with him. Power dynamic. Yep. stuff uh i do love the flashbacks at the end because i feel like it's how we get the theatrics of like a typical mm. like italian giallo without um you know it having the same like uh visual trappings to have you know these like neon lights and whatever um but that they're these like very highly stylized uh black and white melodramatic flashbacks that seem very uh theater stage like just kind yeah, of interspersed i loved i loved those flashbacks and i liked i actually like i didn't think i did when i saw it and then i really enjoyed i thought like the the um uh i don't i bravery makes it sound like they like you know saved a kid from a burning building or something like that i'm sorry that's like ridiculous but like it is kind of brave to to be like, OK, um, I'm going to show a flashback of a scene like five minutes ago. <laughs> and like I, I was like, there's a flashback where like where Mark's like, you know, because uh, it, it seems as if 
right? It seems as if Mark tries to kill Robbie at some point by by like basically um, as I, benzodiazepam. I think he like he, mm-hmm. he crushes up in his in his. Uh, <laughs> I noticed this just like most movies in the seventies. J and B whiskey just absolutely everyone loves J and B whiskey so much, and it is. I gotta say, as someone who has had J and B whiskey, not very good. Um, the, I don't. I don't the color is perplexing. I was like, what is he pouring? Like, is- it's, it's very, like, it was like the, for whatever reason, I think it was because my, my grandparents had it maybe. And like, uh, like they gave it to me for free and I was like, all right, cool. Like I'm, I'm in college. I love, I love to have free alcohol. Um, I just took it to college and like, it was the whiskey or scotch that I had for a while. And I was like, I don't know about this stuff. Like, I don't think it's very good <laughs> Like, it, after I had like, I, I, I'm not a huge scotch guy. Like I like it fine. But after I had like, you know, quote unquote real scotch, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This was a J and B whiskey problem. Not a me problem. <laughs> um, Something but everyone that... loves J and B whiskey in this film. Um, and mm. Mark does or, try to poison his brother. But as we find out later, like he's sort of intuiting the fact that that Robbie wants to die, um, and and he 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 says like yeah you know I really wanted to die and Mark goes you know I wouldn't have let you drink it though, um, and it's this weird it's a weird moment because you still don't know who the killer is like they're kind of still figuring that out, and then after it's all been revealed they flash back to that and it's like actually that does pack a better punch when you see it like seconds after the reveal like it really works it's like it's kind of a fascinating choice mm-hmm. gosh you i don't think you ever really figure out how they feel about each other it's just so toxic that they don't have this like clear and open relationship that's ever like verbalized but they're trying to show through actions but none of them like fully make sense um it's all just about like secrecy repression and weird masculine actions i (laughs) no it is i mean and this is definitely a movie about like masculinity and not a movie that like paints it in a very good light like i think like the um the the strangest element of the masculinity in this film is uh, definitely like you know when 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 it's revealed that that Robbie has been doing the killings, um, he basically he's like he's like but wait why why did like why why did he try to frame me and the, the detective's like well he's always he's always hated you for not for uh, like being a real member of his adoptive family and like as the viewer you're like. I don't know. Like that doesn't seem correct. Like that just <laughs> seems like maybe that's like something you're saying, but I don't believe it as a viewer. Um and like it I don't think I'm not entirely sure that like the characters buy it either. Like Robbie's like, really? Like <laughs> or no, Mark's like, really? That's why. Um it doesn't really make any sense and it, it's not even portrayed in a way that makes it make sense. Um it, it just like it absolutely just feels like the 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 movie's like, yeah, like or the cop, not even the film. The the police officer's like, yeah, here's a plausible explanation for the relationship. And you as the viewer are like, this relationship is way more weird than that. Like it's it's <laughs> it's much stranger. I do like the the sequential like, but that wasn't really why. This is really why. Just like a, a who done it <laughs> reveal about the relationship between these brothers and the brothers are still like, no, I don't know what we got going on either. Like <laughs> it is fantastic. It rules. It's so I, good. 
Um, so there, there are minimal sets in this film. Like you see like kind of uh, a normal Australian thoroughfare, um, with like their big old sidewalks, the big awning kind of sidewalks and then the movie theater. Um, but Mm. really most of it takes place at their house. And I want to talk about like the house for, for a minute, just cause it's please do. Cause like this, this film in a lot of ways is like. It feels like, oh, this could be like a black box uh, play or whatever. Like there's there's so few sets like you could totally like do it that way. And then there's the house and the theater. We've already talked about the theater. It's this beautiful, gorgeous, like old theater. It's it's fantastic to look at. But the house is the other thing where like if you look at it for a second, you're like, no, this could only be in a movie. It's so uh, it gets more fucked up the longer you look at it. Like it feels very like suburban i mean i guess it's very 70s that it has like uh you know like this like fake wood covering on all of the all all the walls um but then it it also has like medieval weapons uh, displayed he has like sabers everywhere axes maces and then there's like these bosch paintings everywhere the bosch paintings are incredible because like (laughs) And, like, uh, the same with the weapons where, like, there, you know, there's a point at which there's the gun on the wall. And I was like, oh, there's a gun on the wall. I know what that means. Gun never gets fired. Like, honestly, one of the most subversive things that (laughs) this film does that films still don't do is there's a gun and no one fires it. Like, they're just like, no, we'll just use all these swords. There's no reason that we need to use this gun. Um, And, like, but, like, it's like, okay, that's what's going on. Or you see the Bosch paintings and there's one where it's, like, people who are sort of they don't have legs and and it's like okay so he's we understand that Robbie's having some trouble uh, mentally even if he's not the killer like he's juxtaposing these images of him as a sports star with like these bosch paintings of like people without legs and it's just like just the same way that you get to the next room and it's like no there's just like tons of weapons in this house what's going on in the same way there's just like there's always another bosch painting and it's like no no my this guy just loves having Bosch paintings. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> like, not one. It's one in every room. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's truly – and, like, they don't ever really point them out. There's no, like, zooms on them. They're just kind of, like, the the background for, for this relationship between the brothers. And, like, I'm – okay, so I, I started to say this at the beginning of the – of the program. Um, ah, I love that. But I'm curious that this film has only been like, and my uh, judging off popularity is truly based off of what's been logged on Letterboxd. That's what, um, but that's that's what's popular anymore. That's that's like that's how it's done, right? But this has only been watched logged on Letterboxd by like 75 people, which is so absurdly small. Wow. That like, I, especially for something this sort of stylized and from this period of time, like I feel like this is a very popular sort of genre piece at this point. Right. And then but then like the the YouTube video has 200,000 plays on it. So I'm like, what is happening here? I don't think 200,000 people actually sat down to watch and play on YouTube. So I'm like, yes, I think that might be part of here? it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope 200,000 people sat down to watch Ed play on YouTube. I think that would be wonderful. Was it um, like a let's play that they like mistyped or, you know, like suddenly <laughs> send them to end play the Australian <laughs> Jalo film from 1976? It is. It, it's odd because like, you know, there when I was watching it, I kept like, I think because I knew that it wasn't like particularly like 
popular. Um, and like, I, I kind of gathered that from what you told me. I'm not as, I'm not as, uh, able to understand film as you. And, uh, you know, I would say you and Sean and like other people that I respect about film, um, just know it better than me. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a big old dummy when it comes to film and that's okay. I don't mind. Uh, but it's, it's something that's not really like, I'm not as up on it as I should be, but like, I kind of got the feeling like, okay, this is a little more obscure. Um, and so I kept looking for reasons, right? Like, okay, so like what, what kept this from being like bigger or whatever? Um, just like, which is a stupid thing to think, but like not stupid, but like reductive thing to think, but it, it just like what's, what popped into my head. And when I was watching right, like right around the, the scene where the brothers go to the theater and antagonize the police, I was like, oh, you know what? This like, I guess like the, the cinematography isn't like super distinctive, but then once you get to like the, the fight scene, the cinematography is super distinctive. Mm. And like once, once you're doing like, once you're reading about once you're like watching, um, the, the back and forth between the characters, like the way they shoot conversations and stuff is super distinctive. It's like, it's not a TV film. It's not boring. It, it's actually like a super interesting movie and like just not something people have like keyed into in the same way that they have with like, I don't know, like Michael Mann pieces or something like that. It feels almost of a, of a, of a piece with that sort of like reiteration of like, okay, we're, we're getting interested in like old um, character driven, like pop boilers. Um, and this one just is not. Like I wouldn't call it a character-driven pop boiler, but it doesn't even get like miscast. <laughs> like it just doesn't get cast at all. Mm. Yeah, I I don't have a I I did not do research into the release of this, but also which I think is fine. I, I don't yeah I don't know if we have to do research into it, but yeah. No, but I w- I would want to know. Like I'm I'm not exactly sure if it was popular in Australia at the time, and it just isn't something that's kind of you know lasted for posterity i did note uh because i was looking up the the composer for the film because it does have like some some good thriller music to it and it has uh you know fine australian heritage and that the composer is also the composer for both muriel's wedding and crocodile dundee oh wow okay so (laughs) I'll tell you what I thought of when I saw the composer. His name is Peter Best, and so I thought he was the fifth Beatle, Pete Best, at first. <laughs> um, and I was like, Pete Best did this? And then I, you know, I looked into Pete Best, and there's like, there's zero indication that Pete Best ever did uh, film scores. And I was like, okay, well, let, let's be let's be real. I don't think Pete Best did this. Um, but yeah, that's fascinating. I'm glad that you I'm glad that you knew more about Peter Best than I did because I I really kind of appreciated the soundtrack in this. I thought it was, I thought it was quite good. Um, I don't know. Like there's, there's, there's a ton of really interesting stuff going on here that I feel like is, is so underhyped in a weird way, especially like in our current like letterboxed moment where everyone's like, I found this one, like I found a new one. This is, it's odd that this isn't one of them. Well, I think it's, it's now, now is it's time. Um, Excellent. I'm excited. It is wild how many movies there are that just like no one, no one has seen that they haven't mm-hmm. been distributed in a in a time where they might be more understood in context with everything else that was going on. Especially like I've been watching a lot of like cult horror from the seventies and just visually um, being able to understand its like place in history and like I don't know how it would have been distributed at the time, but it hasn't been you know necessarily 
republished anywhere since then. And, and you know, we live in a, a beautiful time for a film, I, I think. It's true. No, I agree with you. And I think like I was I was thinking about that with um, I'm not going to remember what it's called, but it was a, it was a Sam. It was a Sam Neill movie that people were talking about, like a, a sort of like a was was very like underseen because it was extremely violent um, in like very disturbing ways. But like just seemed kind of like a cool movie. Um, it, and I, I was like, oh, wow, this is like super interesting. I wonder why it didn't get like a release. And it was cause it never got like a VHS release essentially. Mm. And so it's like, well, that's cool that we're in a, in a moment where we can kind of like rediscover these films because it doesn't so much matter if they get a VHS. It doesn't so much matter. Like we can watch it on something that isn't VHS. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sam Neill has been in a ton of movies. I that feel guy like he is prolific. Yeah. Just kind of showing up every now and then. Been in a I, lot of movies. Also, an Australian uh, actor. I think he's. Right? I think he's Kiwi. Is he Kiwi? I was watching um, White Lotus, uh, which I, I liked. Um, not here nor there, but the um, I, I thought the main character, like the the sort of main guy in it, uh, the the head, the not the head, but sort of the manager of White of the White Lotus. I thought he was Kiwi, and I, I said that to Kristen, and, and she was like, well, how, I don't know if you could tell he's Kiwi or not. I was wrong. He was Australian, so <laughs> I do not have a good ear for it. Well, I mean, all I think Australia, Australia claims the Kiwis that they want to. So I think they would claim Sam Neill because he's in a lot of Australian movies and they, they like him. Um, mm, 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 so I think, makes sense. I, I think they're happy to claim um, treasures for their own. That sounds Australian enough. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I like. I don't know. There's so like one of the things that about this about this movie that I think is like really distinct, right? Is it it really kind of presents a single problem, right? Like the single problem of the the murder. There's these other three murders that were like dropped off at a police station, but they're not delved into. It, like the setup for it is much more, and it, I mean it, it predates this by so much, but like the setup for it is much more like a, a like a Law and Order or something, or like a, a like a, a detective procedural where it's like, okay, here's a problem. Um, the problem is like these girls are being murdered. Uh, they're being murdered in this particular way, and <laughs> they're being dropped off in this particular place. And you're like, okay, I follow you. We're gonna find out who's doing this, and it presents this problem, and then like really does not do anything with it that a procedural would, right? Like mm -hmm. we don't really, we're not really looking for clues. There's no one unraveling the mystery. This isn't a cat and mouse chase. It really is just like, okay, what happens? Like, this is sort of like how the film is built. If you look it up on, on Letterboxd, like the film is built. as like, okay, so like what happens after we're sort of like over the fact that we're, we're like scared. Like once we're past terror, what do we, what do we do? And that sounds like, it sounds like sort of like pseudo Hellraiser stuff. And it's like, all right, like, well, we'll see what, we'll see what this is about. And that's basically what the movie is about where it's like, okay, like we're so terrified of each other as brothers that, you know, no one can tell who's terrified of who. Uh, we're, we just understand that we live in this like horrible, deadly sense of like fear of each other that no one can quantify. Um, it's like, it's fascinating. And like the fact that like the, the murder actually takes a backseat to the drama between like two living men is like, 
it's very surprising. It's it's not at all like a like a horror movie that I think uh, a lot of viewers would expect. Certainly not me. Mm-hmm. It, we, I was surprised to the 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 female character who was killed at the beginning, the hitchhiker, even really had a name because like yeah, there's yeah. no hunt for clues. We learn literally nothing about her. I like there's really not even a reason for her to have a name. It's like basically no. the brothers show up and are really fucking weird at the movie theater, and the police are like, okay, it was it was, it was you these guys, guys probably yeah. <laughs> I love. I, I do love like I I I appreciated very much the fact that that they were just like they were like yeah he um the reason he he was like so weird about about like <laughs> telling us about these uh telling us about the crime and like rubbing it in our faces stuff is cuz he sure hates police and it's like I'm glad you gave that some reason cuz like the one thing that doesn't make any sense is why the killer would show up and be like huh seems like maybe there's a killer out there <laughs> it's like <laughs> Oh, interesting. But like because they even give it that like veneer, right? Like it 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 is easy to to appreciate because like there's the veneer and then just like the fact that like you get, oh, he he he's jealous of you because of your relationship with your adopted family. Like it doesn't really matter if it's true or not. It just like it feeds into like the feedback loop of the brothers in such a way that like it's totally interesting. Like you, I as a viewer, it's like, okay, like You've given me enough reason to just not care if this is the case or not. Like, I, I don't have to care if, like, I don't have to, like, it, it, it isn't important to me that, like, you know, this is literally the truth of the brother's relationship. What matters to me is that, like, there are elements of all of these things here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think you really come away with it knowing uh why why he fully did it like you get this backstory about like this uh about his his mom like having sex with this guy and he gets thrown and like has to keep watching them have sex after he's like thrown against the wall and so you're like okay i guess he hates women and sex and so that's why he kills these hitchhikers but then you get this story that he's like doing it knowing that he will be looked at and like it's going to look like his brother set him up for this it's yeah, right. it's it's also like what I what I find fascinating about this is the film telegraphs that it's Robbie so many times, like even in the point where like, they're playing bridge and <laughs> Mark goes, wow, Robbie, you're a really brutal player because he just like they're, they're playing bridge with the cousins and he just like absolutely ruins Mag's day. And he's like, well, Mag, you're no you're no bridge player, like because any bridge player would have noticed what I was doing. And I guess you're just terrible at this game. <laughs> um, and, and Robbie's like, Mark's like, geez, you're like kind of brutal about this. And he's just like, no, it's not about that. I just love I love a challenge. Um <laughs> And it's like in any other film, you'd be like, oh, I know who else loves a challenge. The killer of women. Like, <laughs> but in, in this movie, it's like, well, OK, so he loves a challenge. But like, I don't know. This other guy who's scared all the time is also piquing my interest. <laughs> it's like the I don't like I'm I would have to go back and watch it again to see like how it builds that, because like Robbie really is the quintessential killer. Like he's. He has a he ha, he clearly has a grudge. He clearly loves a challenge. He he feels he feels as if the world has has let him down, and he he wants to take his anger out on it. He like he's he's unkind to almost everyone he he meets in the entire film. But you're still like, 
but I don't know. And it's not because he's like, at least not for me. I, I don't know. This is like, this is certainly like me putting my own reading on the film, of, on the viewers of the film. But like, I certainly wasn't thinking it wasn't Robbie because he was disabled. Like that wasn't, that didn't seem to be the subtext of the film. That no. It's like, oh yeah, because he's disabled. He couldn't do this. Because he does everything. He starts out the film by saying, I do everything for myself, Mark. You know that. Like I can never accept help. So, yeah. It's never yeah. it's never like, oh, plot twist, Robbie was the killer and you're surprised because he, he uses a wheelchair. Like that's it's never that at all. No. Um If anything, the film like goes uh, like is is almost too uh <laughs> reiterative of the fact that Robbie like there's like a million scenes where it's like, Robbie, where are you? And you're like, Oh, I'm um off like I'm off like competing in a in, in archery. Wow, if you hadn't of like if your neck hadn't have acted up, you probably could have won like in the Australian paraplegic, like Olympic Paralympics. It's like, okay, Robbie's very good at doing physical things. Like mm-hmm. not just capable, like exceptionally good at it. Um but still, like I I still was like, okay, this guy is the perfect killer, uh perfect suspect for the killer, but I don't know, what's this Mark guy's deal? <laughs> it's like yeah. I, I don't it know. It is ultimately, I guess, down to the relationship. Yeah, I guess I, I don't think that I thought that Mark was ever the killer, just because it is Robbie so weird. Yeah, um, but you're, I guess I you're always trying involved. to. Yes, yes, that too, and because you do see him, like you know, move the body in and like you know try to take care of the body, and it's like, well, why did he even, you know, like where did this body come from? Is so just. Yeah, a, a recommend. I, I think we're going to bring Endplay back. I, I'm going to try. I think it's great. Like, I think it's a it's the kind of film that gets better as you think about it. Because it, it's very deceptively simple in mm-hmm. the way it plots itself. Like, you could, you could watch it as a very simple sort of, like, there's a murder. Who did the murder? We have two suspects kind of thing. But, like. When you start kind of thinking back on how it portrays that, it it's it's far more sort of like intricate, right? Like it it is a layered sort of approach. And I, I don't know. I think it's fascinating. I think it's a I think it's a wonderful film. I would like to um, to I don't know how soon I could watch it again, but just like to hear all of the dialogue again, knowing everything at the end of the film. Like even though it's not like there's like a big reveal, it's like yeah fully understanding like who's signaling what with what and like what they're asking of the other brother and what they're saying. <laughs> Just... Yeah, no, I, I actually would like that too. Like I, I, this is, this is, I will say this, like there's a lot of films that I think recently, well, maybe this is more, this is a kind of an older thing. I would say uh, that um, maybe got played out a little bit. Right. Um, where um like the the um the movie is like ooh what a what a spooky end twist right like wow oh, I, I can't believe i can't believe that was the twist at the end of the movie i need to go back and watch it again uh like the sixth sense was like that or like even something like inception was like that um but like this is one of the only movies that like i've felt that i've seen that and felt you know Okay, I actually do want to go back and watch that again. Like, I feel like there are places in it where now that I know, like, the general relation of how the murder happened and who who was, like, impacted by it and who's protecting who, that, like, 
there are certain dialogue moments that I'll be like, now I get it. That mm -hmm. really, really is like much more profoundly interesting. Um, whereas in those other movies, it's just much more like, you'll see the twist coming this time. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's not super interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do think that like one of the other kind of like hallmarks of like a Jalo is like this, uh, mental unraveling throughout the film and i guess we do kind of get that with mark because he's just having the worst time he's oh poor mark yeah <laughs> and like rob so you know, like we, even, we, we get a moment where robbie's like wow you know i would have loved to talk to you in person mark but our relationship seems to be unraveling <laughs> like as, as the movie goes on it's like man that is not mark's fault like <laughs> you like mark is having a like mark is this is rough for him like this is not this is not like enjoyable or a fun visit for him. Like he's, he doesn't, it's not as if like, he's like, I, I hate my brother because like, like they bring it up. They're like, how much money did you get Robbie? And he's like, I don't know. Like I got this much money. And he's like, how much did you pay? He got $80,000. And they're like, how much did this mansion cost you? He's like, I don't know, like $30,000. Like I still probably have enough for a while. And certainly like Mark's not going to live that long. So it doesn't like, or Robbie's not going to live that long. So like, it's not, like I, I, you know, can't pay. Like it's fine. Like it's good. And like he's being honest. And the cops are like, "You must really resent him, huh, huh Mark?" He's like, "Not really." He's like, "We have kind of an intense relationship, but it's not about the money." And like I, I it's funny because I like I absolutely believe it when he says that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love too how this movie is like such just like a snapshot in time. So like how we don't get to see the previous murders and we don't see what happens after is and we didn't get any characterization for like the the hitchhikers. Like we also don't get any sense of who these characters are except for during this time period during the hour and 40 minutes that we get to watch like there's yeah. no like them as brothers growing up like what any of that would have been like uh like yeah, how nothing. long they've and been like, living together you know like what what was happening all the other times that he came home to visit like <laughs> this is just why, like the worst the time sea? ever like that, yeah. They're, they're like, they're like, oh, you know what? When, 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 uh, when he wakes up and he's a paraplegic, it's gonna be really bad for Robbie, but it's gonna be even worse for Mark because then he has to come home and like, he's gonna have to watch Robbie all the time. And and it's like, is that why it's bad? It's like, no, it's bad because he loves the sea so much. And it's like, why? <laughs> like, why? Why does he love the sea so much? We don't, we don't get any indication. Like, that sounds like a complaint. Like, why didn't I get more detail on these brothers, like lives, like their inner lives? It really is kind of like a feature. Like it, it is, it is this, it leaves you in the dark. It's, it is the, I, like, and, and I think you said this, Liv, like it's the, it's the ambiguity of the Jalo uh, genre where like you're, you're left being like, well, I guess I'm not ever going to know. Like, mm -hmm. I guess I'm not going to find out why, like, such and such feels this way or what the dynamic is here, what the history is here. Because, like, it's not super important to know. Yeah, I, I think all <laughs> that uh, that's probably one of the weirdest times with Mark is, like, whenever he first, like, starts talking about his job is, like, you're totally bullshitting, dude. You don't work on the sea. You don't work on this ship. You're just, like, making this up as you go. They're, like, well, do you work for, you know, like, the Navy or you're a merchant? He's, like, oh, I guess I'm a merchant. <laughs> <It's> so <fun. laughs> But he's just, like, this Australian dude, and uh, he's telling the truth. He's just... 
He's just very awkward. He's like, just very awkward and having Mar- – he's having a horrible day. Like knowing how bad of a day he's having uh, makes sense. It is, yeah, because one of the one of the things we, we neglected to mention is the way that um, – the, the way that uh, Mark finds the body, like the way he, he comes to be like – you know, caretaker of this body who I, and the guy who has to find a way to get it out of the, you know, where, where he's, you know, his brother is. Um, the, the way that happens is he just finds it in his car. And he's like, <laughs> why is there a body? Here? <laughs> what, what is going on? But like, he just like immediately knows his brother did it and just like starts taking care of it. Like he's like, no right. questions asked. It's like this. Yeah. Ultimately. Um, and I, I mean, we said this a bunch, but it's like, it really can't be overstated. Like it's this, it's this incredibly loving like approach for both of them. Like they do things that are just like clearly like they very much love each other. And then also like have the worst possible relationship of all time. Well, I don't even, I don't know that it's love. It just seems so toxic that like Robbie's like, yeah, I'm just going to leave him with his dead body. And, um, and just like how that relationship is just like locked in, not out of love, but just like out of this, like, duty to being brothers to like never you know like yeah. let someone else like i don't know that no it's... i see what you're saying like it is it is a matter it is sort of like um there is there is an element of like uh it being this it's just like a stoic kind of yeah know. stoic's the right word like it it is it is a sort of like there's a stoicism and there's also an, an appreciation of like how, how obligation works. Like, okay, we took you in. So the, the way that obligation works is that like, we are the people who are responsible for you. Um, and, and no one else can ever be responsible for you. Um, like, I, I don't know, like the fact that that is something that Mark says about himself or Robbie says about himself. And then like, you find out like, oh, well, he only said that so he could frame Mark. It's like, no, he also believes that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. He believes that he must be responsible for himself because he's a he's a stoic. Um, yeah. And just like that obligation to masculinity, because like what is the alternative that he's going to like try to get justice for these women over over like protecting, you know, his brother, like it just doesn't check out. And like that, the only other woman in this film is the one that they have this like odd, you know, kind of like love triangle with. And like, so those are kind of like the dynamics and like that in that case too, that Mark is like, well, we both love each other, but we can't be together because that would, uh, you know, impact this like masculinity bond that me and me and my brother have so like no one much that would upset my brother he's like (laughs) obviously no one can be happy here because we can't uh we can't cross the lines of brotherhood (laughs) mag's like well can't you just tell him and he's like absolutely not like don't you know what that would do to him and she's like i don't get it and it's (laughs) like as you as you mentioned masculinity too it's like there there is this sense of like throughout the whole thing mark and robbie both understand like oh this is really messed up that that like mark can't uh it has lost the ability to um perform sexually like mark can't perform sexually that is that is like one of the things he's a paraplegic who can who's like does not have the ability to to have sexual intercourse anymore and like it comes up periodically uh, but only when like you have it, you have to have the explanation of like why Mark is why Robbie is so like pissed off. 
Like, he's like, you know, like uh, Mags is like, Mag is like, yeah, well, he, he goes like, whoa, why, why wouldn't you want to tell me, Mag? Does he think I don't love competition? And she's like, it's not really a competition. Um, and it's because like she loves Mark and doesn't really love Robbie. It's a physical infatuation. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, because I can't have sex. <laughs> it's like, no, that's that's not the reason. <laughs> so strange. Um, but like I'm not in a bad way, like like so strange in like a very, very like, I don't know, like impressively done way. Uh, it, it just works. Yeah. Honestly, like if you had any doubts about um, how bizarre the film wanted you to feel, like I feel like the set does a good job of like being like, yeah, no, we we know this is really weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Like, don't worry. <laughs> We're with you. This is this is a this is kind of a messed up relationship, huh? Uh, they have all these they have all these uh, these pikes and medieval battlements around the house. It's just like a true like wink wink. It's a little bit uh, carnivalesque, don't you think? Like... <laughs> no, it's great. Like it it is it is a I don't know. Like it's a it's a it's a fantastic. Um, there's just like there's there's so much to enjoy about it, um, and I think you know like the 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 best part to me is that like while there is so much to appreciate about this film really at core it is still this relationship and like that melding of complexity and simplicity is just like very very difficult to pull off and here we have end play <laughs> end play we actually um, picked no. this out because we thought it was about video games and then we watched this film about <laughs> brotherhood uh, what's this <laughs> That would be very funny if we were like, all right, time to watch some video game based horror. It's like, oh, wait, no, this is this is much better than uh, than the game that stay alive. I, yeah. When I when I die in the game, I die in real life. Um, listen, I don't want to say it's better or worse. That's not the way I think about film. All right. Like it's not it's not better or worse. It's like both of those both of these films have something to say. And that's what's important. Mm. Would would you say uh, you you would kind of think that if we were going to do like a first like movie uh, discussion episode that wasn't about video games during October that it would be uh, you know like a little bit more overtly horror but a little, uh, more, a little more spooky. <laughs> if you're looking for a movie for your October watch list, um, maybe save this one till November. I it's, just, it's not it is spooky. yeah you can you can you can watch this when it's not October too. It's fine. Like <laughs> you'll you'll still get a lot out of it, um, but it's uh, you know it's it's there there is a it's it's a it's a much more sort of like after the fact thinking about it and being like man that was a a really messed up relationship that I just saw kind of horror, um, which you know isn't isn't the spookiest thing in the world but uh, is is fantastic nonetheless. Um, I recommend this film. I think it's wonderful. I hope yep. more people watch it. Yep, absolutely. Just get it on YouTube and have a great time. There, yeah, there are so many movies on on YouTube. It's um, just go to you know if you're looking for for more movies and you don't want to pay for a subscription service, just go to Letterbox List and look at what's uh one that has all the movies that are on YouTube and watch your heart's desire. It's pretty great. Like I know they're like at least in the past, but I think still like there's a lot of like. I know there were a lot of like uh, that was the place where a lot of untranslated work uh, or, you know, fan translated work particularly would end up is on YouTube. And like, I, I don't know, like I was I was shocked. I mean, none of 
look, like the the recommendations are not stuff that will shock you. Like, did, did you know that you can watch hackers free on YouTube uh, with with ads? Probably you knew that. But like, I will also say the um, like the the stuff that is there is is actually kind of like surprising and very cool. Um, so yeah, I, I I echo live sentiment. Check out YouTube.com. Uh, <laughs> let's not let this fledgling site die. <laughs> Like, comment, and subscribe on Endplay. Yeah, <laughs> let's 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 put YouTube uh, stickers everywhere that we you know. If you're at a cafe, be sure to pop a sticker so some fellow traveler can uh, can find their yeah. We'll their be new doing film. some some stencils, putting some stencils out <laughs> so you can tag your <laughs> local establishments. What is YouTube.com? That's my thing. That's what I'm going to start doing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Liv, thank you for being here. I, it is it is getting late. I don't want to keep you too long, but uh, I I did enjoy talking about this film with you. I I think like this is a movie that really for me was um, benefited from discussion. I, I like mm-hmm. it even more now that I've talked about it. Yeah, I I like this movie more every second. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's lovely. Like it is honestly a lovely film uh, in in so many ways, and I I um I'm very happy that you suggested it. So thank you so much and. Anytime you want to watch a, a short film and come on the show and talk to me about it, um, or talk with me about it, excuse me, it would be uh, an absolute treat. I, I hope I hope we can do this again. Yeah, a new drive-in after dark. Ooh, I that man, that's such a good idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, 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 that sounds wonderful. Um, I, I I've been trying to watch more movies since I since I discovered uh, how fun it is to listen to people who like film talk about it. Um, Turns out y'all have a uh, – I, I got to say y'all. Uh, turns out uh, you guys have a um, – uh, you knew something I did not, mm. and I, I, I salute you for it. I don't know that I know many things, but I do like whenever I'm looking at a picture <laughs> and it continues moving, and, it's, and it maybe continues to move for about an hour and a half. I don't know if I know many <laughs> It's a wonder. That's a that's a fantastic way of putting it, Liv. I'm not sure if I know many things either. Uh, just like aspire to that. Um, <laughs> Liv, thanks for being here. Please come back soon. Uh, you can find Liv at AV Club on Twitter. And why don't you? I'm I I, I will tell you. I don't know how uh, YouTube links work. Is there a um, is there a uh, um, way that you can uh, link to your your booktube page in a way that is uh, interesting or easy um i don't really want to link to it on twitter not that i'm i oh, mind yeah, yeah, talking fine. about it um i don't care to link to it on twitter just because um of course not twitter twitter's, twitter's a place to never be earnest and my my booktube is a place to only be earnest um but if if you're listening to this, you're probably a pretty earnest uh, person as well. Um, this you can... was a very earnest discussion, <laughs> I would say. You can find me at AV Reads uh, on YouTube if you if you Wonderful. care to, um, where I talk about books, mostly horror books, um, but a little bit of you know literary fiction, nonfiction. Uh, where I'm working, I, I I I think I think I am going to get uh, live a review copy of my book, so perhaps even that. Yes. Um, uh, to be determined. I've. <laughs> we'll see if I get it. <laughs> Listen, I have. I. I'm pretty confident at this point. So, mm. um, I wouldn't say I'm pretty confident most times. So this is this is big <laughs> for me. 
Uh, <laughs> well, Liv, thanks again, and uh, I hope I hope it's I hope it's before. Uh, I'm not going to do the math, but before let's say February this time. Um, I will I will endeavor to make that the case, um, and I'll talk to you soon. Maybe even uh, before Halloween, since we didn't even get a chance to talk about Halloween. I would love that. Yeah. Let's, let's. It's a date. All right. I'll see you there. See you there. Bye.